We carry thousands of electronic parts and accessories. Accessories that make what you already own work better, sound better, play better. Help! Help! Just tell us what you need. Help! We've even got those hard-to-get items. Radio Shack, you've got questions, we've got answers. save this for the end but i figured why not just talk about it because i was very excited um the original video game i'm sure you remember it remember uh teenage mutant ninja turtles like the arcade game yeah of course you i mean everybody did in the 90s so they made a new shit it's called shredder's revenge it's like a in a game now. They just released it, inspired and in the same style as that like OG game. Uh, fully worth. It's one of the few video games I've played recently that's fully worth only twenty some bucks. So and it, it's on what system? I think it's on everything because it, it's one like I got it. It's on PlayStation is what I have it on. You just go to the PlayStation Store and buy it. I don't think you can buy it like as a physical video game, but. I don't think people buy physical video games much anymore. So it's dope. It, yeah, it's got all it, the hits. I it's exactly the same as the old school game. It looks like it's you know they they updated the visuals a little bit, but it's tight, dude. And so it's like the same format as the Turtles arcade game. Just side scroll, beat the shit out of everybody on the screen, and then keep pushing, Steve. Rinse, repeat. It's fine. It's great. And you can actually play it. I think you can play it with up to six people because there's like six characters in it. You can play it on. We can play uh, online, Steve. We can hang out online like these kids. Like these kids. I don't do that shit. Like some fucking pedos. <laughs> I can't, dude. I, I um, got desperate and was playing GTA online. Uh, just because I never did and I was like well maybe it's good now maybe they figured out all like the, the shit in it which honestly it's not that bad but I'll tell you one thing you want to hear some toxic young like I thought I was a mouthy crazy little kid I've never heard so much uh, verbal hatred spewed by these like young what I think were like 13 year old kids on GTA just viscerating fucking adults online just i could hear tears on the other end of these conversations to you that's why i uh, would rather not participate in such activities you don't even get in on like an nba 2k online and just get thrashed by a fucking six-year-old nope (laughs) good uh give me story mode let me uh fly down the flagpole save the princess call it a day i'm old school man What's the night? What's the one game like in the nineties? You're a young kid. You get you get the box in your hand and you fucking piss your fucking pants. What is it? Uh, a game. I mean, of all time. 
Ah, just like in the 90s. What was that one game that hyped you? It's not like you were waiting on it, but the one that you just like, I have one that I specifically remember just because of the amazing amount of like party time I got out of it. Um, I mean, there's a lot, man. Like the first time I got NBA Jam, I was like, I was a hermit, bro. And I think I got Mortal Kombat 2 for my birthday. And, you know, I was pale by the end of the weekend. <laughs> Dude, I, I remember when NBA Jam came out, though, like on, when we got it on Sega or whatever you had, because that was that arcade game. And it was exactly the same when you got it at home. Plus, you could get all those secret heads, you know, like you could do like they would that. have secret teams and shit like the mascots. It's all oh, about that. Yeah. You could get like Bill Clinton and Al Gore. Yeah, and, hell yeah. And, and George Clinton. Um, He's on fire. Another one was uh, Super Mario 3. I, I couldn't wait to get Super Mario 3. I do. They hyped that one. They made a fucking movie to hype people up about that movie or about that game. Yeah, Shout out dude. to The Wizard, by the way. That movie was that shit. Boy. California. What's up, Fred Savage? I had played it already, man. My cousins had already had it and shit. And I was just like, man, when I get this shit, it is over with. I had a Sega, like, I got a Sega, and I, I don't know. There was, like, some shit for Super Nintendo where, I don't know, Nintendo used to be so much better than everything else. I think now it's just, like, everybody associated with, like, kid shit. I haven't had a Nintendo since a GameCube. But man, yeah, mine's Goldeneye. Because once an N64 came out and you could play with like three other buddies on the same TV, that's, I mean, bonkers. You know, I, I never had Goldeneye, but, uh, you know, I played enough of it. Uh, my cousins, uh, it gave me seizures damn near. Dude, I remember we played some rich fucking kid in Perrysburg. I don't remember who it was. But he had like one of those home theater systems that was like legit, like a, a theater in somebody's living room with like specialized seats, a huge screen. I mean, the screen had to be, I mean, I don't know, of something of like you'd see in yeah. cribs, you know? And we were like right up on it. And I just remember going home that night with like buzz eye. It looked like I was just doing blow all night, just straight <laughs> zipped out. Like it wasn't Devin's, was it? I mean, dude, it might have been like, do you did he have couches like tiered couches and shit? No, not tiered couches. He just had a fucking huge house, man. Dude, this motherfucker. I just I don't even know what it is. Shout out to the rich motherfucking kid that I was hanging out with back then that legit had like he had a fucking theater in his house. That's that was one of the nice uh, side. um just like a nice little treat on top of living in Perrysburg, Steve. You know, you get to see what the upper echelon was working with, you know? It's inspiring. A couple of Owens, Illinois VPs kids take you over to their house. It's like, oh, God, you, you have an indoor pool? Wow, this is cool. Can I work for Co Owens? Owens Corny? I don't yeah. even know what the fuck they do. What do they do? They make... um well, I think they make more than fiberglass, but that's when my dad worked for him, they were making fiberglass. 
they make money that's for goddamn sure they made so much money they had to like settle lawsuits because they used the uh, asbestos back in the day and they still are standing they're still a company you know <laughs> it's like sorry about like, that i i remember pink panther being used as their mascot was that <clears throat> yeah it's true and i i never understood that because then there was a pink panther movie as a french guy who was a detective and there was a pink panther it's like how did a how did a fiberglass company co-op this character why because the fiberglass was pink i guess hmm, yeah that's george leroy about that i'm not sure crack is also pink the good guy the good guy <laughs> really is that what's in that know. pen steve hopefully this is an intervention. Steve, this, is how, this is how your uh, fucking crazy crack smoking behaviors affected me negatively. I've laughed a lot. So thank you. <laughs> I have that effect on people. It worked for Richard Pryor. <clears throat> you know, the day we're shooting this is the anniversary of Batman Returns, man. It's the 30th anniversary. Um, that may be the best Batman ever made. Yeah, I just really like Joker a lot, especially yeah. Jack Nicholson. But you do have a strong argument for it because you know Michelle Pfeiffer is sexy. Danny so DeVito, so good, dude. Every one of the everybody in it's doing. Even you remember Chris Walken's in it. I was gonna say Christopher Walken, and uh, looking psychotic as fuck in that movie. Not only is he acting crazy because he's Chris Walken, he's got like Mister Wizard crazy like freakazoid hair. Like white hair and shit. He looks crazy as shit. The screenwriter wrote that role for Danny DeVito, like with him in mind. I mean, if you just yeah. picture Penguin as a character, you can't really do any better than Danny. I mean, that was one of the greatest villain portrayals of all time. What a weird fucking direction they went. They just went for it. Motherfucker yeah. even had flipper hands and shit. <laughs> I didn't realize Pee Wee Herman was in the movie. <laughs> Paul Rubens. He, he played uh, Mr. Cobblepot. He played uh, the Penguin's uh, father who ended up- Oh, uh, you're right. Uh, yeah, sending him away. Like they were ashamed of him. Yeah, they uh, throw him he, in a fucking river. Dude, that movie's dark as shit. That was a kid. That was like, <laughs> they marketed that movie to watch it for kids. That's crazy. Yeah, it, something I didn't realize at the time that they actually pulled their McDonald's promotion because of that, it was too dark. It had a PG-13 rating, but uh, because of the dark theme, they were like, McDonald's is like, no, man, we're, we're happy, we're shiny, we're bouncy, we're, we're gleeful. They still made them it. cups though, Steve, because I got a Batman Returns McDonald's supersized cup at my mom's house. It's, uh, you know, one of those graphic where they just show like a scene in the movie cups. So maybe I got one before they pulled it, but one funny thing about that movie always makes me laugh when I watch it now is the origin story of Catwoman is that she's brutally murdered by Christopher Walken by, you know, being thrown out of like a 20 story window or whatever. Right. And then it's just brought back to life because cats lick her. They nurtured her. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all it takes, Steve. You, you know, you take a long dive off of a skyscraper, you land on the ground, a couple cats lick you. You're better than new. You got a good attitude. You got a sexual attitude. Uh, an ability to sew pretty well. And you can get out there, Steve. Yeah, man. And you can handle getting thrown out of windows better. Because of your, <laughs> yeah, your paws and cat-like reflexes. You know how to land better. 
but I mean, hella sexy. Shout out Michelle Pfeiffer. But I gotta kind of backtrack because I, now that I think about it, my actual taste is the first Batman with Michael Keaton because of Joker. And the, I mean, the yeah. style of that movie, you get Joker, Jack Nicholson acting like a fucking lunatic, Michael Keaton, hilarious. And you get a Prince soundtrack throughout. You get like little Prince music videos with Joker in it throughout the movie. You it's sexy awesome. Motherfucker. <laughs> this town needs an enema. And also you get Jack Palance acting insane in the beginning of it. Yeah. Hey, my number one guy. Jack Palance. <laughs> Laughter and fun, the fun brand new, the reason chocolate chew. No problem for you, the reason chocolate chew. All that chocolate and all that chew, just right for you, the reason chocolate chew. There's always a reason to count for you, and always a reason for the chocolate chew. Reason the chocolate chew. So hey, boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happened in the 90s, a show where we talk about things that happened in the 90s. So get out your Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirts and your posters of Sonny, because that's the bottom line, because Stoko said so. Hey, Sonny in heaven. What's up, girl? She's still here. Wait, okay. <laughs> Somewhat. We'll get into it. What an angel, though. I honestly, Steve, uh, as far as like sexy WWF divas go, I didn't even remember her. I know we've talked about her, but if you would have like before we did this show asked me, I'd be like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a short window. It was a small window of her being like one of the more uh, seen managers in WWF, man. And this was the time when we weren't watching. I, I didn't yeah. return to wrestling as a fan till like, I want to say 97, 98, when Mike Tyson and Stone Cold had that thing going on. It's like, who is the Stone Cold guy? He's pretty badass. And, uh, you know, I was hooked in the Attitude Era, man. But It yeah, wasn't she, DX that brought you back? Because that's what brought me back to WWF. It, it helped. It helped. But it, it was more than anything Stone Cold. And then once I returned to watching wrestling... Like, I got hip to DX and what they were doing. I got hip to the Nation of Domination and this young, witty rock guy. He's always saying he's pretty cool. He's got a cool haircut. He wears those uh, shirts like you see on the No Limit videos. And uh, <laughs> Ken Shamrock, man. He, he was in UFC. He's a fucking badass, man. He looks crazy. He is crazy. I'm um, yeah. I forgot he was a... He was a fucking huge. What a like he made transition from actually beating ass to wrestling pretty well, you know. World's most dangerous man. Hell yeah! Although the, <laughs> I, I hated the ankle lock. I just yeah. I was you know I get it, but it's just like I mean, it's a brutal move. If you it's actually a brutal move if, if applied right. Yeah. However, I mean it looks boring. Yeah. It's called the ankle lock. Hated it. Yeah, DX is kind of what brought me back to WWF. But then, like you, you saw Stone Cold. Like you said, it's like Stone. Who is that fucking Stone Cold? 
this guy and then like as it just was a it was the attitude error it was just like they were feeding into what we you know that limb biscuit mentality yes sir that's that's little naive adolescence and i remember the dx cassette selling like hotcakes man they had that uh mm. home video where they so showed good. their skits and their matches and i think it was mostly skits if anything man and, oh it was uh, all the promos like i just remember at one point x-pac <clears throat> pissing on somebody's motorcycle <laughs> and it was just like a lot of shit going on dude it was hilarious and stone cold had one <clears throat> Yeah, they had like there was certain th like personalities in WWF at the time that got those because you're right. They I think The Rock got one too. The Rock, Mankind, Undertaker, yeah. of course. Yeah, but that that yeah. DX one was that video when Video Connection had that guaranteed. Like it was probably you and me going alternating running that shit because I would run it from time to time just for no reason. I'd seen it all, but that shit made me laugh like a motherfucker. Yeah, were those free or were they like? I think I had to pay for that DX one at, at a certain point, but like when it first came out. But the, yeah, yeah. The, like it got put into that rack that it was just like, if you want to watch this, you know, just sign it out. You don't gotta pay us yeah. for this. Good old family video, or was it video connection? Video yeah. connection, dude. I love that place. That was like my uh, stand by me shit. Me and my buddies used to go through like this park in Oakmont, go through the back way, run, get a video game, go get Mortal Kombat 2 or 3. Just go book back and just get into it, Steve. Just a bunch of nerds yeah. with bowl cuts on bikes just fucking living their lifestyle. Today's kids will never understand. <laughs> well, today, my friend, we're talking about all things June 23rd in the 90s. Starting off in 1990, police find marijuana at Chuck Berry's home. And they did a whole raid for some weed. A little bit of weed. I mean, what happened? What became of this? So authorities said they seized videotapes, hashish, marijuana, three weapons, and $130,000 in a raid that Saturday at rock and roll singer Chuck Berry's estate near Winsville. The raid was conducted at 5 a.m. by members of St. Charles County's multi-jurisdictional enforcement group, said St. Peter's police chief, Ronald Neubauer. And, you know, they were expecting to find cocaine. And they said, where's the cocaine? Where is the shit? And the document also stated that Barry, 63 at the time, had $36 million in liquid assets, of which $9 million was obtained through drug sale. Uh, and what? Can yeah. we get a fucking biopic about this? Is this just the end of Boogie Nights, Steve? Are you fucking up and just reading the wrong thing here? Or Chuck Barry? Chuck fucking Barry, Johnny B. Good himself, man. And uh, they, they said, what did they come up with that? This whole thing is a tragedy to me. Uh, Schoenberg, uh, and Schoenberg is the Barry's attorney. He said the affidavit says he has been suspected for some time of transporting cocaine. And why don't they follow him? He's the easiest man in the world to follow. He travels with one suitcase and his guitar. He gets on a plane, does his show, and he comes back. Um, so, yeah, man. Wasn't there some crazy shit on the tape, Steve? Uh, yeah, it, he's got. Is he's got he got like doing some like R. Kelly shit? Be, before, no, he was. It wasn't R. Kelly. She was leaving. <clears throat> uh, but this is before Ray J, before Tommy and Pam. He, uh, Chuck Berry's got a little sex tape that was leaking, and somehow, some way, my friend Aaron, who's a, who's a girl, she got access to this. It was on VHS, and you see Chuck Berry laying back. <clears throat> 
on the bed and there's a white chick just bouncing up and down on him, bouncing up and down on him. And before the end of the clip, he slaps her on the ass. Uh, so I don't know if that was like everything that was available, but that's all Aaron had. I think, dude, I'm not even, I think there's a crazy tape of him like pissing on a hooker and shit, like and farting in her face. <laughs> That might be true. And if you have access to that, send that to me as well. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to have to go to live. I'm sure I can dig that one up too, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Chuck Berry. It's a black dude and it's a white hooker. And he even like, he's like, kiss it. And he makes her kiss his butthole and then farts in her face. <laughs> so, <horrible>. Yeah, it's <laughs> ladies, it's time for the fate of heart. But, you know, it's it ain't us. <laughs> Consumptionjunction.com. Yeah, it's not straight. It's not, it isn't quite scat, man, but it's close. You know, it's right there, Steve. Yeah. Straight from the Somebody fall. who did get arrested in 1990 on June 23rd was Arsenio Hall because TV Guide selected him as TV personality of the year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming up with that one finger, that one long <clears throat> finger. Yes. Coming up, we have Keith Sweats. Dude, you wish you had that style, though. I wish I could rock a fucking purple coat like that, Steve. It'd look ridiculous. You got a a long Arsenio finger, too, Steve. (laughs) Can't get the flat top like I used to, though. No, it's all right. That following year, though, in 1992, Sonic the Hedgehog is released in North America on the Sega Genesis platform, beginning the popular video game franchise. Man, behind Mario, probably say this is number two as far as recognizable. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man's probably, I don't know. But Sonic got his own movie. Sonic was just, I, <clears throat> I had a Sega before. Well, I had a Nintendo, like the OG Nintendo. So Mario was my guy, but I got a Sega before I got a Super Nintendo. And that shit. I was a Sonic 2 guy though. I don't know. I'm I'm sure I have played the first one, but that second one was insanity. The second one was better, but by the standards in 1991, this was a break from what we were used to from the 8 the 8 bit graphics of Nintendo. I mean, 16, Steve. They doubled the bits. They doubled the bits, man. Remember why? Remember seeing a game like Sonic the Hedgehog? Because I remember some dude, like my parents were like hanging out with some family, so you're automatically hanging out with their kids. And some family we knew, they had like an older son that was like uh, probably like 15 at the time, and I was probably when didn't Sega Genesis come out? I don't know, but he had one, and he had that game Golden Axe. I remember Just like, that. It's just a game with like fucking Conan looking dude. It's like Lord of the Rings kind of shit. But uh, like that was a Nick Arcade before. Yeah, it was for sure. <clears throat> but he had that and he had a game Altered Beast where you were a guy and then you would like transform into an animal. And I remember I thinking remember this, this is going to, ch- this is life changing. Look at the graphics, Steve. But Look at the graphics. Once again, with the finger. Sega. And they had that. Yes. See, every time you fucking launch the, a game on that, I love that. You got that same oh, little man. sound bite. And you didn't have to blow in the cartridge. You didn't have to get hydrogen peroxide. You didn't have to jam it up against the rim of the fucking 
thing of the door try to all did these you moves. ever mine was three clicks da 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 and you would hold in the last one long let it go yeah. close the door and then hit power and then it would work then it would work <laughs> steve there's so many ways to rig that thing. And I, I've done that. I, I actually had hydrogen peroxide. I take a Q-tip hydrogen peroxide and like call myself cleaning the insides of the cartridge. <laughs> but yeah, man, Sega Genesis and Sonic, that, that was a that was a fresh release. What's so funny? It just, it's just hilarious. Like the stupidity, like, yeah, this is going to make this game work. And also, honestly, I don't know what the actual electronic explanation is. But everything you, we yeah. said at one time worked. It worked. Blowing yeah. in it, that worked. That was a that was usually the winner. You own a couple of blows. Yeah. Pause, That's... but a couple of blows, and you're good to go, Steve. Blowing it after the first sign of wear and tear. And then, you know, when, once it continues later down the line, the, the shit gets more difficult. It gets harder. Is he having a laugh? I remember at one point though, um, they had these things called Game Genies. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, it came with the cheat codes. Yeah, with the book of them. You had to get a fucking book of them. But they, uh, it was like an extension of the cartridge. So yeah. you had this huge shit coming out of the N Nintendo at one point, and I think a Game Genie actually was what killed my original Nintendo. Damn you, Game Genie! Yeah, yeah that Son shit sucks. But then you got to move on, Steve. There was a they doubled the bits. So shout out to Sonic for, if nothing else, doing that. Thank you. And shout out to the internet for killing Game Genies. There's no need for you anymore. Be gone. You killed my friend's Nintendo system. Now, yeah, 1993. You. you probably don't even remember this because I don't either. But in 1993, Family Dog series premiered. Uh, the executive producers were Tim Burton and Steven Spielberg. And uh, this was a Canadian-American sitcom. And it only lasted for like a little over a month. Uh, like looking at the, the stills from the show. It looks I like The Critic. That. It's that same style, yeah. I don't, I kind of remember this, but then I, now I think of a, I think I'm thinking of two stupid dogs, not family dog. It kind of looks like that too. Uh, but it was like uh, highly anticipated because it was Tim Burton and Steven Spielberg, and they had talked about this uh, idea, this project since like the '80s, and it was a part of something else called Amazing Stories um, on CBS or whatever. And it broke off and, and became its own thing. It's kind of like Liquid Television and Beavis and Butthead. Okay strange i mean yeah i would I'd just say the names and shit i'd be like hell yeah what is this but i don't remember like, this shit at all you said what was it on it, it was on cbs okay well that makes sense then. It, it, exactly and it, it started june 23rd 1993 and it ended on july 28 1993 that's crazy I mean, Steven Spielberg was in the animation game, though. He did, like, Animaniacs and shit, so he produced that. Yeah, it, they even had a Super Nintendo game for this fucking short-lived sitcom. I mean, it's Stevie Spiels and fucking Tim Burton, Steve. I mean, you got to give them whatever they want, you know? I bet the game might have been better than the fucking show. 
I mean, the design looks like it was put together by my four and six year old cousins at the time. And remember Earthworm Jim? It kind of looks like that. They had like crazy shit on that, like the animation on that. I guess nineties. They were they all had a lot of <laughs> similar animation, maybe. And and Danny Elfman, he did the theme music for this show. Damn. Should have just made a movie and been done with it. Pretty much. Uh, well, that following year, ni- 1994, Clash of Champions 27 is airing through the WCW on TBS. And they did this in Charleston, South Carolina, North Charleston Coliseum. And I'm only bringing this up because it's ironic that Stone Cold, or at the time he was called Steve Austin, Stunning Steve Austin is going up against Johnny B. Bad. Uh, Damn, what? Yeah. King of the Ring. Is this a, how, is this a glitch in the Matrix, Steve? I, I believe so. Uh, this was the uh, second to last match of this Clash of Champions. It was Johnny B. Bad, and he ended up beating Steve Austin by disqualification. And uh, the main event was Ric Flair uh, versus Sting for the 11th, 19th time. <laughs> Let me guess. Uh, Ric Flair got crazy, sweaty, possibly bloodied up hair. Sting's makeup peeled off almost completely. Check, and Sting check. won. Sting lost. Oh. Uh, yeah. It was supposed to be a unification match. And uh, Ric Flair was the world champion. Sting was the international champion. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. But Rick, pretty Rick. Yeah. He, he got the best of them, man. But uh, 1995, Pocahontas premiered in theaters. Uh, an English soldier and the daughter of an Algonquin chief share a romance when English colonists invade 17th century Virginia. Mel Gibson, Linda Hunt, Christian Bale, Irene Bettered as Pocahontas. This is not one of the 90s animated movies that I was into. Yeah. I'm sure it's like people are hating on it now with like cancel culture and shit. I'm sure it like the tale of Pocahontas is is kind of whitened up, you know? Well, in, in fairness, Disney did consult actual Native Americans for their expertise on living as a Native American. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that helps add some authenticity to it, but it's still Disney. I just checked out, you know, we grew up with like Aladdin, Lion King, uh even little mermaid i i was a lion king kid but um you know you you age out of these things at least boys do i think girls like kind of stick with it a lot longer but i i don't even know that i've seen pocahontas in full i've seen parts of it but i don't know if i ever will it doesn't help that mel gibson is the uh one of the voice actors yeah, I mean that's tough. You you don't you're never gonna get back. Like your Mel's just out now, complete. For me, yeah. I I, I haven't seen him in anything though. good. So I mean, I'm just I don't remember what happened. I don't. I just remember liking him a long time ago. But you know, it is what it is. I will say one thing that I saw that's very cool. This is kind of just because Pocahontas is a Native American story. But I recently saw a preview that I had no idea this movie was coming out. They're making a Predator movie set during the time of Native Americans. And the, these, it's like a tribe of Native Americans that are out and they actually fight Predator. It looks insane and awesome. 
and it's based on the on the predator franchise. It's straight predator, dude. It is predator because they're like out stalking something, and they look up, and then that little triangle thing fucking shows up on a dude's chest. It looks tight. I hope it's good. I mean, I only saw a little, whatever the preview is. It's out now, but I love me some predator. That happened in the nineties. That shit was dope. The one with Danny Glover, dude. Did you ever yeah. see that one? Uh, the Predator Two, I believe. I haven't seen that in a while. Or if I did, it was in parts. I, Dude, I don't it is crazy. It's got crazy Jamaican gang. It has fucking uh, a lot of sweaty Miami fucking gritty action. And it's got Gary Busey pre-motorcycle accident just at his yeah. at his tip top. Well, sorry. Back to okay. Pocahontas. Uh, <laughs> like in 1995. Uh, on that same day, John Stewart airs his final show. You know we're doing wrestling today, man. I forgot, dude. Don't, I'm don't, sorry. Don't message me saying hey, we need to wrap up. When you were you taking us to Predator, we talking about Pocahontas. Like, all right, I man, remember this. All right. So 1995, that same day, when Pocahontas aired in theater, John Stewart airs his final show on MTV. And uh, you know, David Letterman is uh the guest, and it's rare because David Letterman hardly shows up on someone else's show. But, uh, especially then, yeah, especially man and uh, young John Stewart. And uh, this is <clears throat> Abe circa '95, uh, imparting <clears throat> his great wisdom. And uh, yeah, man, but I don't remember that show too much. I don't like what was it? What was it a skit show? It was a variety show, and you know, he would have uh, musical acts on there. And he would have his interviews and stuff. I, I, the final episode, it was like a claymation like skit that he had where he does the, he does the voiceover, um, like him and another one of his co-stars. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think of like Wienerville, but condensed in a half hour format. Hmm. I didn't like Wienerville right. that much, but I, I remember because I don't think I had MTV that long and this was on. So I wasn't like clued into some of this shit at this point. So really the, the previous the previous day on June 22nd, uh, they featured a live performance by American rock band Marilyn Manson for their songs Lunchbox and Dope Hat for their debut album. And it sparked nationwide controversy after the frontman Marilyn Manson set a Bible ablaze on stage. And the band finished their set by throwing instruments around the stage and ended with a piggyback ride off stage on Jon Stewart. Nice. Yeah. Bizarre. That's a bizarre duo. You don't pit uh, John Stewart and Marilyn Manson like in the same room, but hey, what happened? I wouldn't trust my daughter in the same room with Marilyn Manson. Wouldn't trust mm-hmm. me in a room. So. Um, but yeah, on that same day, you know who probably did not see that final episode of John Stewart show? I don't know. Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> probably Jonas Salk. American biologist and physician, born in 1914. He dies of a heart attack, of a heart failure at the age of 80. What was his expertise, Steve? He cured polio! (laughs) What the hell wrong with you, man? He had the vaccine. He probably had all them old school fucking symptoms and shit. If it wasn't for Jonas Song, we probably have fucking what is that shit rickets steve rickets. you got fucking ricketed the fuck up you might still get it yeah dude he saved us from black plague polio what about hepatitis or polio. 
He didn't live long enough. Damn. He would have, though. He was cool. What was dude, his name? Jonas Salt. Jonas Salt. And he was, yeah, dude. He was a bad motherfucker. Born in 1914. Lived to be 80. And uh, shit, he was working on a cure for AIDS, bro. He might have actually done it. They probably figured it out because of this motherfucker. My, I apologize. This this amazing human being can't call this guy a motherfucker. Damn, man. Damn it. Come on, Matt. Get it together. Please like, share, and subscribe for more ways on how to use your ex-girlfriend's kids on your taxes. 1996, <laughs> King of the Ring 96 airs on pay-per-view through WWF at the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is it, Steve. This is the this is the day. This is you want a definitive time when the WWF switched. This is it. This is Fuck it. that guy. Fuck that space painted out motherfucker. Also, I love Ultimate Warrior's look in this. Full up, full gear with the with the hat on, with the baseball cap. Was he wearing a ball cap? He had a ball cap and a lot of it. I know that. I was like, damn, he's fucking. This is business casual, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, Warrior, this has to be your last appearance on WWF. You become more weekend warrior as time I mean, progresses. <laughs> the motherfucker was wrestling Jerry the King Waller. I mean, it's not, he's not going up against the physical specimen, but that specific part of the this pay-per-view might be one of the greatest crowd work sets of all time, Steve. Oh, man. We'll get and to it. And we start off with a vignette that sells the story. Ultimate Warrior vignette. He's beefing with the King. Uh, there's Mark Merrow, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vader, Jake the Snake. Then we got Mankind and Undertaker for their beef. Then we got the Godwins and Smoking Guns. And then we got Goldust and Ahmed Johnson for the Intercontinental Belt. And British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. Uh, Owen Hart is joining Jim and Vince for this commentary, man. And he uh, is testy, you, Steve. He is salty. He is not happy. He might not. I, I'm surprised he showed up given the attitude I'm seeing here, but he might have some of, he has a couple of really good moments in this as a commentator that made me laugh the fuck out loud, Steve. Yeah. Owen is a riot, man. A practical joker. Um, He actually calls, one thing that I noted in my notes, because I actually took a lot of notes about what he said, but he calls Sable a hose bag at one point in this (laughs) pay-per-view, and uh, (laughs) that's what we're really working with, guys. It's a real, it's not, Howard Cosell, this is not, but it is better than that, I'd say. She's a hose bag, I tell (laughs) you. And um, the first match of this pay-per-view is... Steve Austin. I'm not going to call him Stone Cold just quite yet, but he's he's going with against Mark Marrow, Steve. Like you said, it happened oh. a couple of years ago. These guys met. Steve had a little more hair. Um, Mark Marrow had a little more pizzazz, if you will, a little more uh, <laughs> little Richard-esque energy coming out. Um, and I think... At this point, Steve Austin's beat Savio Vega. Like, this is a tournament-style thing, King of the Ring. So we're seeing, like, the last few matches of this. Um, Mark Merrow is coming out. He looks like probably, like, the oldest stripper at uh, Magic Mike's. You know, he's very still. He's That's the only thing he can do, Steve. 
on his last the, But in WWE, he's not Little Richard. He's the wild, wild. man, Steve. <laughs> he's wild, but he's got Sable. So, I mean, at the end of the day, who's winning this, you know? I, I will say, man, Mero, he does a front flip over the top rope on the Austin outside the ring, man. And that, that was pretty badass. Um, you know, he's an athletic guy. Uh, I mean, he, he couldn't have made it to the point he made it without having like some skill set. He did. They like, I don't know what happened in his career because the dude is Yoke City. He's jacked as fuck. He looks like a wrestler. But inevitably, like, they made him look like Little Richard. I get it. But like, you couldn't grow your beard out a little bit or like roughen up a little bit. Like, it was always the same exact thing. Like, was he unwilling to cut his hair, Steve? But that's He's the like thing, hell man. no. <laughs> I, that's yeah. I don't think he understood like how this whole thing works. Like, all right, bro, if you don't change your Johnny B bad look, man, like you're just going to be put into this slot. You're going to be pigeonholed for the rest of your career. I mean, Steve Austin didn't have to do much. You don't have to do that much. All he did was cut his bullshit ass blonde hair off and start fucking just drinking a couple of beers out in public and that that's all it took steve this and honestly i think didn't they even say like the the previous week he actually unveiled the stunner like that was his the first time that he unveiled the shit against savio vega yeah so and, i mean uh, he's this coming is coming into his own yeah. steve yeah and like you said man uh no hair this time uh he doesn't have the million dollar belt there's no ted dibiase and this is one of the longest match matches of this event, man. It was like 16 minutes and 49 seconds. He stone cold stuns him and uh, cue the Andrew Lloyd Webber music. I, I didn't. Yeah, gotten, dude. Yeah. The one thing that I love about this pay-per-view is that every time somebody comes out, they have like these. uh I don't even like royal ring boys that have to open like these doors. How, <laughs> dude, it is so ridiculous. And it's just two guys that they found at like a gold gym. They're like, hey, can you wear this goofy outfit and just open these doors? Cool. Here you go. Here's a free pass. Pat Patterson picked him out. <laughs> and uh, now Doc Hendricks is interviewing Jake the Snake. And <clears throat> he drives some uh, Bible scriptures and shit. This is basically like him trying to get back on the on his good foot. You know, he, he rock and roll throughout the 80s. He did a little booger sugar, you know, he cranked up that pipe a little bit one or two times. You know, he, he had a come to Jesus moment and he's back to wrestle with his snake in his sack. He's <laughs> That's back. all I got. There ain't nothing but a snake in this sack. Yeah. Fuck those drugs. I'm here for God, which I again, I forgot like that he was being open about this like like he I, now we know the extent of what was going on but they were actually talking about it in like the show it's crazy i mean and they poke fun at it uh you know i think stone cold mentions it jerry lawler has mentioned it uh owen hart even says some little fly shit about his drinking problem man yeah, I mean, Stone Cold definitely says some shit about it. And uh, just a side note, just something that I found heartbreaking that my wife said to me while, while we were watching this is like, um, she said I look like Jake the Snake, Steve. She's like, 
she said it, Steve. She said it as a joke, but it got inside my head. And now I'm like, oh, God, I'm falling apart. You know, I have to reface some shit now. Uh, And and his match is coming up. Big Van Vader uh, with Jim Cornette, Corny. And uh, they say the match was three minutes and 34 seconds. But it seemed like Vader was kicking his ass for at least five minutes. Uh, And uh, Jake, he wins by DQ because the referee was a pussy. I had never seen no shit like this. Yeah, it was ticky-tack as fuck. It was like, it was the most ridiculous, especially for a WWF ref. It was like, what? Yeah, dude. (laughs) He's about to give him the DDT, and as Vader's going down, he yanks the ref. Like, I feel like that's been getting a pass. That's gotten a pass before, but... I mean, it's Vader, though. They were like, come on, man, hook him up. Jake's really had a tough time, okay? And Jim Cornette in his hot dog in the stick outfit, you know, he's looking great. (laughs) Um, Vader, though, I got to say, the most terrifying fat person of all time, Steve. This is the most terrifying individual that you will ever see at a hot dog eating contest. (laughs) I think what does it is the mask. If you saw his full face, be like, oh, it's Leah. (laughs) Yeah, right. He's like, man, you're cool. But yeah, you're right. It's the weird S&M mask. And the fact that he, for a fa- he's fat, okay? Vader, Big Van Vader, sir, you're a great wrestler. But the fact he's some fat y- guy and he's just constantly, like, jacked out, <laughs> it's like, this is weird. This guy is off. I'm out he of was. here. And uh, he was another stiff worker, man. Like, he, he renders Jake useless for his next match because apparently Jake has bruised or broken bones now. He's got, it's brittle, Steve. You know, all, all the drinking, all the drugging, all the whoring. He just had fucked a prostitute last night that broke his rib. And he, there was a crack. And Vader, you know, he got slammed a good five or six times. So his ribs are all fucked up. Stone Cold's fucking mouth's all busted up. Meryl hit, busted him in the chops. Apparently, he has to go get some stitches, I think, is what they tell us. I, they can't even do anything for Jake. And you know they there's no painkiller strong enough they don't want to like get them off the wagon did it did it knock any of the badass off me oh no all right on to the next match uh so yeah so jake's moving on or we don't know because like they're like there's no way there's no way so we don't even know steve this shit might be over with already but we got to keep moving he's got the heart of a champion <clears throat> and the no. next match is just kind of this is insane steve i forgot the godwins existed i forgot this and i don't i don't like it i don't like hillbilly jim i'm out of that but the smoking gun steve th- this you is like one of shit? the gayest things i've ever seen it is just this is like a strip club brought to life this is insanity yeah, this is anytime somebody does a cowboy gimmick, it's just corny as fuck. The only cowboys I fuck with are Jerry Joneses. And <laughs> you remember the like whenever I saw Smoking Guns, they remind me of that fucking cartoon, The Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Such a stupid fucking cartoon. I hated it so much. It was so fucking why who made this shit? How did it get clearance? And also just like, okay, they're cowboys. I think he could do better than wear some Levi's and just don't wear shorts. Lack of know? creativity. <laughs> You're gonna put on some Levi's and Wranglers. But that being said, they do have Sunny, so I don't know what's going on there sexually. We know she's down with Billy Gunn because uh, Billy Gunn actually stole her from one of the Godwins, which is insane. Yeah. That's insane. 
she was with the Godwins, and before she was with the Godness, she was she was with Skip and Kip of the Body Donnas. That's how she started. So she's just getting tossed around back there. And now Billy Guns, he's she's fucking uh sunk her crazy claws into him, and he's all about it. And he's Whoa. flaunting it, Steve. He's flaunting it right in dude's face. I mean, this is crazy. And also something that's crazy is Doc's look behind you in that photograph. Yeah, he's sweating profusely. <laughs> that's what you see right before you black out from the drink that they gave you, Steve. What? Yeah, and <laughs> right. It's, it's like Bill Cosby went into a bar and I don't remember what else happened. Um <laughs> but yeah, man, it looks like uh Sonny has has been shared throughout the locker rooms. You know, roosters roosters say cockle doodle do. Sonny says any cockle do. Oh, but I mean, she's she's looking great. I gotta say that the weird, the crazy, weird, like rawhide outfit she's got on. Um, I was, I was blown away, and so was Billy Gunn that night. You got blown away too. Well, yeah, and Bart's just speechless. What is Bart like? Does Bart speak? <laughs> is or is he just out there to be just man candy and just chill? You know, he's just out there hanging out. Just keep your shirt off and your jeans on <laughs> for now. But Shut uh, your yeah. fucking mouth, Bart. Holy dueling banjos, Matthew. Uh, but before we skip past this snooze button smasher, uh, the one thing that did stand out in this match, I, I like Owen Hart's comment. We said, I did most of the work when I had that fat slob Yokozuna. <laughs> it's like, damn, you are paid today. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I think he was legitimately pissed off about something. Like, I think that was still going to be his vibe, but something happened where he's like, I'm just going to say some shit. Fuck you. And I, what's crazy to me is that Vince McMahon is his boss sitting next to him and he's saying all this crazy shit. And it's like, Vince just has to be like, yeah, let's keep going here, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. It's like, man, that is your boss. Like, you know, I'm, and I know Vince, he like, he wants his characters to perform the best, man. But there's got to be some like sense of nervousness. But uh, yeah, and, I mean, he even attacks him, Vince personally. He's like yeah. shit talking him on mic. I was like, damn, this is crazy. But it's funny as fuck. Vince has a good sense of humor. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has to. He has to, man. Uh, but uh, now Doc Hendricks is interviewing British Bulldog Jim Corbett and Clarence Mason. And Clarence Mason was somebody they brought on as an attorney to uh, defend some of the wrestlers for Jim Cornette's faction. It was a parody of Johnny Cochran. And uh, what do you call it when you, when you add the words together? Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> it, it, Perry Mason Perry Mason was, you know, part of the inspiration of the name Clarence Mason. Okay. All right. Poor Montu. Poor Montu. <clears throat> what do they need a lawyer for, though, is what I'm saying. What's going on at Camp Cornette that they just have a retained retain lawyer on tap just to deal with some shit? Do you think you want to know? I don't. British Bulldog, though, like, who's... Ex I don't know. I still don't get it. I still don't, his hair's cut. He cut the bullshit braids off, Steve. I still you don't fuck the, with Davy Boy. I just you don't like I don't get why he was propelled up to that level. Keep him in a tag team, intercontinental title level. 
uh, fucking world title championship. And he's he's hanging out with some bad guys. It doesn't even he's he's not a bad guy, Steve. He shouldn't even be on Camp Cornet. Hanging out with Vader, hanging out with v- Big Van. That's not that's not that's not Davy Boys, Steve. But he's got the look. He does. Yes. And it's something about that British accent, Steve. It just drives Vince wild. So I guess that makes sense. But um, this leads us to uh, so. Did we say who actually won this match, Steve, against with the uh, smoking, smoking guns? guns? Yeah, smoking guns ended up winning uh, in ten minutes and ten seconds, and uh, you know they did the interview with Doc Hendricks, and then the next match was Jerry Lawler versus Ultimate Warrior, um, and Jerry Lawler he comes out in fashion, man, just ripping the city apart, the good old city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He roasts the kids, Steve. <laughs> he roasts a little child. He's he insults the city in a way that only Bill Burr's been able to elevate past this, I think. Oh, yeah. It's like 1A and 1B. Uh, but it's facts, though. You can't dispute facts when he says, uh, you're just like the Milwaukee Brewers, all of you. You're all losers. They're all a bunch of drunks. <laughs> nice to see you off the street tonight. It's women like you that turn men into people like Goldust. <laughs> and that goes on for, like, five minutes like he does at least five minutes of just insane crowd work on children on uh older women with large tits on anyone that he can get into the uh fucking light he will roast you so if nothing else i think jerry lawler deserves the mvp for this if stone cold didn't kill that promo he would have won that steve He's being mentored by Don Rickles. <laughs> he even uh, fucking like sits there and almost like teases that he's taking over the king set because they have like a king set for the king of the ring. Whoever wins, yeah. it's like all it's there, Steve. It's just there. And he even takes the scepter. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful, but it's my he, shit. Exactly, he's the king. He's already royalty. Even the the callback that they did to to show the setup of the warrior Lawler beef. That was just that was fucking hilarious. He takes a framed picture and basically cracks that motherfucker <laughs> over Warrior's head. Like, ha, you like, like it? a I cartoon, dude. That's how the Scooby Doo gang catches a fucking criminal. <laughs> Catch him Gee. in the fucking frame, dude. Gee, Scoob. I also love that. Uh, I one thing that I noted also the Warrior still has a signature airbrush duster that I love. I'll never forget that. I wish I could own one of those. Um, but the pyrotechnic level that they give this man is insane. I mean, it's next. It's it's a fire hazard for sure, for sure. But they really go all out. You talking about the hanging warrior mask? That's <laughs> yeah, dude. Straight, and the multiple fucking hot pots that they shoot up in the air and shit, too. I mean, I'm sure Milwaukee's got a hell of an arena. But I mean, goddamn, how much fucking pyrotechnics do you need? It, and like before Warrior comes out, Jerry says, when I'm done with him, his face will look like a Picasso painting. Like, really, Jerry? We don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> I got to uh, say, though, Jerry did a great just for men job because he's he's got that dark. He's got that black hair, dude. I was like, damn, Jerry, you got that nice, tight little cut you got. He's looking pretty good for an old man. Yeah, he, he's getting tips from Eric, man. WCW. <laughs> 
But I mean, look at Warriors, Steve. I mean, even with all whatever's going on behind the scenes, this guy's still doing a 4-3-40 to the ring. He's still cocaine the fuck out, doing fucking crazy rope maneuvers and shit. And uh, this is it. I mean, he had he to didn't re- get to. <laughs> he didn't even get to shake the ropes. I don't really. I, I don't remember it. Like, cause his his intro got interrupted by Jerry. And, oh yeah, uh, he does get fucking bashed in the kidneys with that scepter. I think. And based on the warrior matches we've covered, if his opponent interferes with his intro, it doesn't end well for said opponent's favor. Um, and yeah. just like that, warrior stops, drops, and rolls out of a fucking pile driver and does his gorilla press. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Matt. he gets his ass whooped for a good like five. I was like, damn, fucking is Lawler about to just fucking cream this dude? Because he puts the screws to him. He does. He gives him a fucking pile driver. He fucking hits him with a scepter at least five fucking times directly to the grill. Chokes him with his wrist tape. Yeah. He's a, I mean, that's what I like the schemer wrestler, Steve. The eye poker, you know? He's got a little, he's got all those little tricks up his sleeve. And that's what Jerry Waller, he's a good scumbag, you know? Yeah, but not a big enough scumbag to win this, man, because Warrior just pogo stick jumped out of that motherfucking pile driver. Like that bitch was a hoe. And uh, yeah, there's not enough testosterone in the world for Jerry Lawler to take to actually beat Ultimate Warrior. It's not going to happen. And Warrior gets the pin. And I I recall Vince saying, what are the all time icons? (laughs) (laughs) And and on his way back, he he picks up a crown. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, did he do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, they had to end the match before all that just for men started running out of Jerry Waller's head. So, you know, they cut it, he lost. But I gotta say, uh, for his age and just for the opponent, the weird, like <laughs> just the visual of it, I feel like Jerry Waller did great in this match. I was prepared to be like, what the fuck is this? gotta be kidding me because i mean most new millennials would remember him as a commentator you know that's like, it. Oh, he used to wrestle like yeah he was a whole damn wrestler for years i mean shit i think that's how uh what is uh jesse the body i mean even for us it's like i remember him more as a commentator right. than yeah. a wrestler but still you gotta go in the the archive archives yeah that's a, that's that's before the shit was popping you know but he he made it shout out jesse the body i don't know where you're at if you're in some like facility someplace or what's going on there but shout out i'm somewhere wearing shitty wardrobe (laughs) are you trying to tell me the documents you can't give me the cia documents (laughs) now doc again he's interviewing gorilla monsoon on the state of jake the snake uh gorilla monsoon is like the commissioner at this point of the wwf and uh you know it it seems like jake is going to go along with it you know he's tough he's a snake he's cold cold heart cold blooded what is the i like i want to know what the like medical um the rap was steve because i it didn't look i don't know what it was but regardless jake's he's like the he's like the old boxer and he's like you're not gonna fucking tell me i can't wrestle you son of a bitch i'm going out there i still got some dog in me and then his, his trainer comes by he's like the old Jake special, and it's just a line and a shot. He's like, yep, 
Let's do this. When's the bell? But now the next one. So go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, Owen Hart remarks that uh, at 80 years old or 90 years old or wherever he is, I don't think a man like him should be out there wrestling. Penny <laughs> pants. Dude, he's, but he's killing it. He's doing yeah. that fucking bad guy. Um, you know, announcer shtick, but he's he's putting in some zingers. I loved it. The Bobby Heenan role. Um, next match is Mankind versus Undertaker. And um, one thing I noted before the match actually started, Steve, I was thinking about Mankind and all the Mick Foley personalities. I'm more of like a Mankind Socko person. I don't like this like more creepy where he's like, he's a mental patient. I like the more lighthearted, goofy mankind. That's my more up my alley. I, I just want to know what your opinion is. I'm the opposite. I, I like this creepy mankind because it was different. You had weirdo wrestlers before, man. But like, for one, he had different theme songs. There was an intro that was very uh, Silence of the Lambs. And if he wins the match, the song is like uh, some classical music. Um, and it just... Like he he pushed the envelope with this character, man. You know, he's one of the few that that could go up against Undertaker too, because they were they kind of like backed themselves in their corner with Undertaker. And it was like him and uh, Kane; those were like the ones that could really do it. And honestly, like watching this though, he was like the he was acting really well too. Like he was like committing to like this weird like pulling his hair out and shit. It was just crazy as fuck. Exactly. Very, very tormented, and he, he played that role to a T, man, which is why I, I one of the reasons I appreciate it. Um, you know, he, a mankind he comes out solo dolo, and uh, Undertaker's turn to come out. And Paul Bear, we see him, he's carrying the urn. We don't see Taker until the lights come on, and he's on the fucking top turnbuckle already. Undertaker very cool. creeps up, yeah, he creeps up on him, and he's with the shits. He's he's just <laughs> he's with the, the fuck shit. out of his face. He is with the shits, the shites, and he is just jacking the fuck out of his face with that right hand. He's throwing him into the turnbuckle. Wow, 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 wow. They're on yeah. the ground. Wow, wow. Get this. <clears throat> it's kind of like a Joker vibe, too, because mankind's kind of like laughing and like eating it, you know, like he enjoys it almost. Very sadistic, very gimp. Dude, when Undertaker shows, when they, it's like a Batman thing, dude. He's like a gargoyle on the ropes. Yeah, that shit was tight. That was definitely you know, tight. When he does the walk on the top rope? Yeah. Dude, you know the name of that move? It's called the old school. And when I found that out, I was disappointed. Uh, I don't know another proper term, but old school, I feel like y'all could have done better. It's a badass move. It's not easy to pull off. It's just like... Hated it. I always thought it was kind of dumb, though. Honestly, just like in practice, because you could just do the same thing off the turnbuckle and not risk like losing your balance on a rickety ass ring rope, you know. But it does look cool. Yeah, it's not as impressive. But I will say one other thing that uh, about Paul Bearer that I just noted in the entrance. It's hilarious because he's just like looking around, sort of scared that Undertaker's not anywhere. He's like. Where is he? But um, he looks like a textbook definition of a pedophile in this because it's all smoky and dark. And it literally, I was like, 
this is this is some kid's nightmare. This is what he saw before the worst thing that ever happened to him. He's a pedophile, an obese, pale guy. Yeah, with buckled shoes. I wonder if Paul Bear, like, what was he doing? Was he partying? You know, Paul like <laughs> Paul Moody was a married man, and he had a uh, he had a he was a funeral director, and which is why I mean he played this so well, man. Yeah, really. The real man. Paul that Moody. would be fucked up though if you saw this, like him as Paul Bear, and then you had to like use his services to, to get a funeral time, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's like buyer's this remorse. Like, fuck, dude. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Paul Bear is the fucking guy. Like, Love you, Dad. Hey, Paul, can you get the fuck out of here, dude? It's kind of creeping everybody out. He just still always has the urn and shit. He's doing that's just him, dude. Is it cool if we excavate my grandma? I that's fucked cool. up that he was. A, I didn't know he was a funeral director. That's insane. I hope he had somebody else that was doing the business. Because if I showed up to a few to do the funeral shit, and it was him. I'd be like, "No, bye. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go stay myself. ready, man. So you never have to get ready." With the the moves they pull off in this match are very convincing, man. Like mankind, he runs around the ring to mash his knee into uh, into Taker's head into the stairs. Yeah, that shit looked great. And it was like, how do you fake that? Like, even if you pull it a no. little bit, you still got to slam him into the fucking. And Taker just fucking throws the stairs on his ass, dude. Because he knows he can take it. Like, Mick Foley is, like, probably one of the biggest biggest sadists not named Terry Funk. I don't know, man. I wonder what he fucking felt like after these matches. Like, after, especially, like, Hell in the Cell. Like, was he just laid the fuck up for a week and a half after that shit? Well, there's the Hell in the Cell, and then there's the match with The Rock, where the the Rock just basically beats his ass. Like, Rock beating uh, Mankind's ass is probably worse than Jesus Christ in the Passion. <laughs> wow. It, I don't I remember that not. one. Like, the beating the living <clears throat> Jesus out of the man. And uh, Mankind, at some point, he starts throwing himself onto the mat repeatedly because he's a sadistic and, I don't know, it feels good to hurt sometimes. And he's constantly, like, making this pig squeal noise, too. He'll just, like, randomly start screaming, and that's really kind of yeah. freaky. Um, another <laughs> freaky thing is there's like an old uh, a woman in white in the front row of this match that is just has the biggest old lady tits, Steve. And I just couldn't stop looking at them. I know you yeah. saw them. You saw Oh, them. yeah. I mean, you can't miss those memories. I thought they were going to pour out of her fucking gown. And Mankind, he gets the mandible claw onto Taker, who at this point has been hit over the head by this powerful urn that must weigh over a ton. But Paul Bear has no problem lugging it around any and everywhere. Uh, And he's incapacitated, mandible claw, not responsive, three count, you're done. Mankind gets the win. I mean... That, how many times did Taker lost at this point? Because I think it, just even that, it's like just doing that is a you're a legend at this point. Yeah. But this is cool. I mean, I gotta say, I, I don't know, man. I I wasn't I didn't appreciate this kind of shit when I was younger as much as I should have. But I mean, Mick Foley was just fucking killing it. No matter whatever character it was, it's crazy. There was a guy who was just wrestled as multiple characters in the same place at the same time you know it's just wild as fuck this dude was just killing it and now 
it's crazy he can still walk and shit. I know it's like tough and he hurts a lot, but it's like that guy's still up and walking. He's alive. That's yeah. crazy. You're talking about commitment, man. Um, you know, take care of your performers, man, especially somebody like that who like really put their life on the line for, for your business, man. Um, but Doc Hendricks now is interviewing Mr. Perfect, who's going to be the perfect referee in the main event match between Davey Boy Smith, British Bulldog, and Shawn Michaels, calling it right down the middle as he sees it. I would expect Kurt nothing Hennigan. less. But he is being seen hanging out with fucking the Cornette crew, Steve. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But he says it. He's like, I'm perfect. I'm Mr. Perfect. What do you expect? I'm going to fucking ref the perfect match. And that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm going to do. So get off my back. I'm going to go hang out and do a line with Davey Boy real quick. Oil him up. And I'm going to get out there. <laughs> I want to believe you, Kurt. We're off your back. But I got my eye on you, Kurt. But I, he, 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 even on the mic, the dudes, it's just Kurt Henning was one of the fucking. We've said it many times, but even he's not wrestling, and he's still you can't. He's killing it, you know. You're talking about not appreciating somebody at the time. Like it wasn't until really after his death, I was like, dude, he was a good villain. Um, you know, just natural. It just like this promo he shot, man. It's just like he woke up and like, yeah, he didn't even have anything planned. This is like what's on my mind right now. He made it look everything. Like Mr. Perfect was the perfect like moniker for this guy. And he has like a good rapport with Doc. They have similar haircuts. And yeah. maybe that's why they go they hang out at a, like some salon a lot together, but in in, in this thing you're talking about they kind of have like a back and forth where it's like it is very natural, you know. Yeah. And he's it's really fun. I mean, he's just funny, and he like all his little things. He was just good at. He had this like really. It wasn't too over the top. He was just like a cocky bad guy or good guy, you know, at a certain point. But the little gum hit. The, I'll, the go I'll go to. I'll go to. I'll go toe to toe with anybody. Ten nine out of ten times, I'm hitting that gun hit, Steve. Nine out of ten times, I can do that really? perfectly. I'm gonna have to get that on camera. I mean, I don't know. We gotta get get give me a camera crew, give me some fucking bubblicious, and I'm gonna do it, Steve. I'm telling you, even to this day, I do it to this day. I In get walk out of the gym fucking cocky as fuck sometimes, and I just bam hit that shit. And you never hit any of the meatheads. I mean, it's when I'm walking outside of the gym in my apartment complex. <laughs> Nobody's. Uh, who cares if you hit Geraldine? You can take her. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Fuck you and your potato salad. And uh, the next match is Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson. Uh, Goldust comes out of the closet with his wife, Marlena. And mm. so apparently this beef started because Goldust gave Ahmed Johnson CPR. You know, That's it. He, he was, yeah, he was laid out on the stretcher after a match. And Goldust is low-key making out with the man. And, he was uh, worried, was though, Steve. He was worried. Yeah. Sure. Did he not blow any air in his lungs and put a tongue in his mouth? Yes, but he was just worried about him. He had to wake him up. And you Ahmed woke Marlena. up. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she has enough air. But, I mean, Ahmed walked, woke up, and he was, a, he was alive, thankfully, but he had a gold smear on his mouth, and he didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I don't think any guy appreciates a smear in his mouth. <laughs> I think you're right, Steve. We can add that to the just the rule book. 
No man, that's in the <laughs> the ten, that's the eleventh commandment, Steve. No man appreciates shalt, a smear on his mouth. Thou shalt not have a smudgeth <laughs> smudgeth on the lippeth. <clears throat> but that sounded like Dusty Road. No, no man, no man <laughs> shall have a smudge on his lip, baby. The Ten Commandments, starring Dusty Road, the American Dream, baby. Co-starring my lovely vivacious, uh, what was Sapphire. that? <laughs> Sapphire. She's here. She's Mary Magdalene. <laughs> but I got to say one thing. We talked about, I think we were talking about it off mic, but maybe not. But Ahmed Johnson, the thing I don't get, like, he's yoked, right? The roid cycle yeah. he's on is perfected. This guy looks the part. But he just never popped. Like I remember seeing this. He was in video games and shit. And I was just like, it's not it's not moving the needle. You know. Exactly. And that's why you didn't really hear from him not much long after, man. Um, I mean, like this is an example of if you have the look, it you can go places in this industry, uh, especially with Vince. If you apply for Vince, one of his jobs, you got biceps, you got strong looking traps. Uh, you, you have a, a face that, that's fit for magazines and shit. Yeah. No wrestling skill required at all. I feel like he has, it's like he's half there. He can do, he can dish it out. It looks good. Cause like you I think you said he fucking is maybe not pulling the shit as much as he should. He's kind of hitting people a little too hard. Yeah. But when he's, he takes a couple of fucking good uh, hits but some of the times when he's trying to like sell a sell a move or something, it just looks stiff as fuck. It just and doesn't look. Look great. at that. Like even even for kids, man. Like they, it doesn't register on the forefront, man. But like you could just tell, like if, if a mat if a move isn't done properly and it requires participation from the opponent, man. If it's not done properly, it's going to like make things look flat. Yeah, and it slows it down. Like, there's just, like, this natural momentum that makes shit look like it's natural in the moment. And when exactly. that, like you say, it just kind of fucks that up. But in this, there's a lot of downtime, Steve. And, you know, most of this match is Goldust sexually harassing Ahmed Johnson. At one point, he's knocked Ahmed Johnson to the ground. And with not really needing to pin him, he takes a good 10 to 15 seconds to really just admire his crotch. And sort of slowly seductively crawl up to the pin it, there's a lot of that you know there's a lot of licking yeah. of fingers and uh Dust, dustin's really going for it let's put it like that you know and it doesn't help that ahmed johnson's trunks are always thirsty going into his cheeks it's like yeah. man y'all set this man up for failure he did himself no favors himself by not learning the game but you put him in these tight thirsty ass red trunks looking like Kool-Aid man's uncle and motherfucking meets Mr. Clean and Goldust is just grabbing ass and playing tickle tank, goddammit. Kissing, hugging, sucking. It's all happening and we're watching a wrestling match, Steve. This isn't a porno. This ain't Cinemax. Yeah. This is fucking, Dusty this is the king of the ring, not cock, cock ring, king of the cock ring, Steve. Yeah, somebody made an order for some more <laughs> meat on their buns. Yeah. Dustin I mean, Rhodes was this close to disowning Dustin Rhodes for doing this shit. I just didn't remember it going to this level. I mean, 
they were really pushing this shit at a certain point because I mean Val Venus was doing a lot of crazy shit. But this was like, yeah, it's like, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying like this, it was, this was crazy. And this match specifically, because what I found funny is this in, while they're like sort of covering everything, you even mentioned this previously, like Ahmed Johnson was sort of like connected to Shawn Michaels. He was connected to the the champion. So they were trying to bring him up. And this match is to win the Intercontinental title it's sort of, to me, probably one of the big pinnacles of this dude's career. And in order for him to get the Intercontinental title, Steve, he has to get fucked and sucked by gold dust. Uh, I mean, they repeat the mouth, uh, the mouth to mouth thing. And this time, Dustin really puts the tongue in. I mean, he goes, he doesn't even just give a mouth to mouth. He might have given him a baby. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of gold dustish moments in this fucking match. And this is the only image that I'm going to share from that match, man, because you just got to watch it. And uh, Marlena's titties, though, do look delicious. Like, oh, let's as always. Over that. And I always I like what I like. She set up for herself because she's so hot and she has that kind of hot chick energy. Here's what she most people have to be slamming on. the Even Sonny slamming on the side of the ring. Marlena, she's got a director's chair ringside. She's smoking a stogie. She's just waiting to get fucked. You know, she's just waiting for whatever's going to happen. But she's not really doing much. She's just looking great. And shout out to Marlena. Because, again, she's in my top three. If not, she's right there. I mean, Sunny now is at my top. She's it. But Marlena might have surpassed Sable. Who, Who was it before? I think I had Sable, Trish Stratus, and then Marlena, but I think it was just based off of some like old memories. And now it's, I I want to put Stephanie McMahon in there because of those tots, but um, I gotta she go. Makes good fuck faces too. Yeah, but so, it's Sunny now, dude. Sunny, I don't know. I know she's crazy. I'm sure I've I've seen some things where they talk about her, but uh, yeah. man, you God never bless. were a Keebler guy. No, no, I no, I was, I was, but she's not in the top three. But she was hot. She was hot as fuck. She's top three for me, and I I was also a fan of Deborah. I like that Southern sultry, and she got she always had some nice legs. Deborah, Deborah McMichael. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I also, I mean, Jacqueline was hot, but because but she it was just the tits. It was those titties. titties, But she had a strong face. Yeah, she did. But she always would do like. That was one that where they put her in a position where the titty might pop out at any point on Raw. I remember one time it did, and I was like, "Yes, I can." You rubbing your hands like Birdman. Yeah, come on, Walter. One of them, one of them nibbles gonna pop out, Walter. Good, good. And uh, he tries to do the CPR shit again, but uh, it wakes Ahmed up, and he was like, "Fuck this shit! You're not gonna kiss me in the mouth again." Or as Ahmed would put it, "Yeah, no kiss uh, he lay off the SmackDown, Pearl River Plunge, and Ahmed Johnson is the new Intercontinental Champion, baby. First black Intercontinental Champion. First first black solo champion. And uh, it wasn't celebrated as such. Uh, you know, they, they made no mention of it, but uh, that that is what it is, man. He got to celebrate with the homies in the locker room, though. I thought that was cool, but I was like, man, you made this dude do all this dumbass shit, and you had to, <laughs> this is it. It's like, hey, man, good job. Good job getting fucking your ass licked in ring. Great job, yeah, man. That that's part of the ritual, man. You know, you gotta <clears throat> go through these certain rites of passage. 
uh, no pun intended. And uh, Vince, it's like the the carrot dangling in front of the rabbit. You want this belt, don't you? You're gonna have to let go. Just rub on your booty. You're, you ready to earn it? I guess. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah. You'll see. <laughs> you'll see. He's gonna rub on your booty, and then he's gonna lick on the small of your back in Mecca Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's like Requiem for a Dream. Vince is just like ass to ass. People, little boy is wearing the Brett Favre jerseys. We're gonna see you get your booty, your glutinous maximus, rear end touched by Dustin Runnels. I can buy you, because bitch, I'm rich. Hey, um, hey, Ahmed, why are you crying? He's in the back, like getting, getting like just showering off in the mirror. He's like, Hey, man, are you, are you okay? He's like, Yeah, man, I'm cool, dude. Sorry. He's it's constantly like, staring at the belt to remind him, like, Man, this was, it was all, it was all worth it, man. It's like the it's end of Bamboozled. There, it's when Tommy Davidson's just crying in the mirror. They're just like, Man, you really had to earn this one. Like, Shawn Michaels just had to take a hard hit. You had to, get sexually harassed for 30 fucking minutes dude that's yeah. wild i, I would have been pissed if i was there i've been like man all that did you have to do all that <laughs> but dude you can't complain really man because he just started like there, yeah. there were wrestlers who you're wrestled, right like for a decade who maybe that's why they did it then steve they're like you know what you didn't have to take 15 years of fucking bone breaks and fucking herpes sores in small venues you're gonna have to do this and dustin they're like hey dustin put on gold dust out <laughs> and owen hearts is just sitting there like man i could have let him touch on my booty actually <laughs> yeah. you know what you know what oh i forgot to mention this so like uh you know he's fornicating in there with ahmed johnson and uh owen hearts like man nah, that could never be me so Jim Ross calls him out. He's like, well, uh, what do you have to say about last Monday on Monday Night Raw when he was uh, filling up on you? And Owen's just like, well, you know, me and Goldust, we had to talk about it. And uh, he said that there's never been a man that he didn't like. And uh, we just accepted that. And, you know, we just parted ways. It's like, damn, Jim Ross, calling motherfuckers out. Oh, shit. What about that one time? He was filling you up, you know, on Tuesday Night Titans. But, uh, Speaking of Jim Ross, he's interviewing Brian Pillman. And uh, this, I don't think this is his first appearance, but this is it's his first pay per view appearance. And uh, there's a Jeffrey Dahmer reference. Uh, yeah. Brian he, Pillman. Did he have to do the full eight ball before he came out? Because he definitely did. This didn't, this seems like this was the end of Dirk Diggler, like Boogie Knight's Dirk Diggler status, Steve. Like that coke psychosis where you don't even They're know paranoid. what's going on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Somebody's always after you and shit. This was a cry yeah. for help. This was not a fucking uh, promo. And if like, did anybody celebrate this when he went to the backstage or was everybody like, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Man, it made me laugh uh, because Jim Ross asked him an honest question. Like, how do you think you're going to fare against this roster in WWF? And Pillman just grabs him. Listen here, you dumb son of a bitch. And like, because I'm going to rape and pillage the WWF. I was like, damn, dude, this dude said he was going to rape the WWF roster, dude. Like, time out. It's 1996. Yeah, right? man, we can't. What are you doing, man? What the fuck are you doing? 
He said, I'm, I'm Ryan F. and Pillman. And I say, You're Jim I Ross off camera. He's like, trying to put the mic away. He's like, Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> calm down. This, this is for play play. Yeah, but this is this is the energy of the end of Boogie Nights, Steve. This is the tragic side of the Coke binge where it's like, oh, the fun's all over now. It's just all bad. So Brian Pillman, he's gimped up. He's coming in a little. This is like he's still gimped up. This is like the same thing with the gun, right? We haven't gotten there yet. That doesn't happen until 97. But uh, this is uh, summer of 96. So he's going to join the heart. Uh, faction. He's going to be a part of that, even though he's not a heart. He doesn't. He hasn't married into the family. Um, he just joined them, I, and I can't remember the backstory for that. But it, it serves as a setup to feud against Stone Cold. Uh, Stone Cold and Brian Pillman had a history of being the fabulous, the, the Hollywood blondes, and uh, Stone Cold would end up having a feud with Brian Pillman and Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Um, but yeah, man, uh, this leads us into Stone Cold Match, speaking of the devil, uh, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin mm -hmm. versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, Stone Cold, like I said, he comes out to this sardonic-ass Mannheim steamroller of an intro, and uh, poor Jake comes hobbling down to the ring, ribs busted still from his Vader match, and Stone Cold's got stitches in his mouth, so no excuses. Yeah, but Jake the Snake's coming, to, like, his entrance music is what some, like, some, like, old heroin addict ODs do, though. It's just, like, depressing, like, <clears throat> and uh, he's on, like, 75 Percocet at this point. He's all fucked up. Um, they're just setting him up. And this match is hilarious, and this whole, like, thing, because... I mean, let's just go right to it. He whoops the piss out of fucking Jake the Snake Roberts just over and over again. Jake's all gimped the fuck out, so they set him up to be like this. But it's literally them being like, hey, fuck all you old wrestlers. We're going, this is how what's going to happen now. <laughs> fuck the old school shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a new regime. Fuck this. But dude, that promo at the end, Steve, this is, this is without a doubt the greatest promo ever like without any coke energy just a straight up pure promo this is amazing dude do you, do you mind matt can i do it steve <clears throat> the first thing i want done to <clears throat> hold on the first thing i want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring don't just get him out of the ring get him out of the wwf because i prove son without a shadow of a doubt that you ain't got what it takes anymore you sit there you thump your bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere talk about your psalms talk about john 316 austin 316 says i just whipped your ass all he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of thunderbird and try to get back some of that courage he had this prime as the king of the ring i'm serving notice to every one of the wwf stars i don't give a damn what they are they're all on the list and that's stone cold's list and i'm fixing to start running through all of them and for all this championship match is concerned I don't give a damn if it's David Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold said so. That was a dramatic reading of the Stone Cold promo as done by Steve Garrett. What happened in the 90s? Steve, that was amazing. And that's, I mean, he literally shit talks Jake the Snake. He spits all over his his recovery, his drug addiction. Uh, he spits all over his legacy. And I love this. I love it. 
and this sets the tone for this is like you said this sets it this is the attitude era this this is where it starts it's hilarious it's literally like fucking gandalf put his staff in the ground and it's like there were you know the red seas part of it or whatever and on the one side is all these old motherfuckers and then Mm -hmm. we get to like stone cold dx rock and it all starts right here it's crazy and especially when you see it in hindsight you know i didn't watch it at the time you know but like knowing what we know now it's like dude this this set the precedent right here man it was crazy it's just like it's cool also when you know the backstory of steve austin and his wrestling career where it's like he was putting in all like all that time the hollywood blondes he looked you know all he had all these different personas and finally it all fucking clicked they figured it out and you now he's with out of doubt, I mean top five of all time, if not top two. And I'll always keep Hulk Hogan number one just because I was a kid at that point. But yeah, dude, it's Hogan. So we're he's the king of the ring, Steve. He's got every, everyone's on notice. But this isn't yeah. the end of the pay-per-view, which I think is a dumb move. Again, yeah, I don't is. I don't think having Davy Boy Smith against Shawn Michaels is really what we need at the end of this. I think that would have been cut at the end that's the end of the movie right there steve i don't need anything else we've already busted our nut like why even continue literally this? like yeah, i did that in the fucking gold dust match i'm already tapped out so you're touching us in the refractory period <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yeah dude yeah, i need to juice up. up i'm sensitive now let me go get a gatorade jeez prickly but, so but now it's like irrelevant right. again this is irrelevant but Shawn michaels he's fighting he's a world champ He's got to end this fucking fucking pay-per-view. Davey boy, he's yoked. Special enforcer, Mr. Perfect. But before the fucking match starts, everybody comes on. We think, you know, Mr. Perfect's the ref. He's got he's got the Foot Locker uniform on, so we're good. But then Gorilla Monsoon comes out, and it's like, look, man. One, I, they got to bring me out twice. It's in my contract. So I'm out here again unnecessarily yeah. just to fuck the momentum up of this pay-per-view. Um, you're not the ref. You're going to hang out outside the ring and just kind of look at stuff. But there's another ref. So we're going to bring out Earl Hebner, whoever the fuck ref meet that they had out. And, you know, I don't know why they chose to do this. They really had no fucking reason to, but they did it. You know, Gorilla wanted some camera time, so they gave it to him. To make it hot, sir. Um, I do like Earl Hebner though. Shout out Earl Hebner. I bet he was getting a lot of side tail off all these wrestlers. That would have been hilarious. He's like, hey, you know, Kurt's busy, but <laughs> I'm here. I've re- I I were I was in WrestleMania's main event. So yeah, dude, he grabbed some of the like most classic matches, man. And his brother uh, Dave just passed away recently, man. Uh, we yesterday or Friday? They, really? they were twins. Yeah, what twin brother? Yeah, who was also a referee? Yeah, man. In the WWF? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but but Earl, but Earl was the more known one. Like Dave, he was in the game for a minute, and he took a backseat. Uh, where Earl, man, he was just he was committed. Um, but yeah, like, Shawn Michaels, and uh, he once again he's with Jose uh, Lothario, his trainer and mentor, in uh, British Bulldog, uh, with his wife uh, Diana Smith uh, and Jim Cornette again. But uh, the the angle that they were trying to work was that Shawn Michaels was making passes at Diana Smith, and uh, Bulldog is being like he's playing the role of like the jealous husband, and uh, you know Shawn Michaels is like, dude, that's 
Bret Hart's sister. I hate Bret Hart. Why would I want to fuck a sister? Well, maybe I should fuck a sister then because I hate Bret Hart. But he never he, fucked that yeah. Bret, I mean, he's... But I mean, Sean, it's not even an option, I feel like. he's not. She's not even registering in Shawn Michaels, you know. Dude, I, his I black book is Ronda filled Sheer. with tans. Like, she looks like... She just looks like some British talk... Like, the Today Show host in Britain, you know? Some shit like that. Jenny McCarthy escorted me down to WrestleMania, motherfucker. Like, yeah. what the fuck I care about some Diana Smith. Exactly, I fucked, I fucked Ronda Shear up all night, goddammit. The fuck? That's Dude, like he did. He did. Steve, tell me that's real. I'm just assuming. I, You know, I'm assuming because it was Sean in the mid-90s and what Honey was going to tell him, no. She she was there. She was at WrestleMania. And I'm sure they had a moment. And he's doing his shit. Hey, baby, you want a little line? You want a bump? <laughs> yeah, we'll be up all night. <laughs> you know they call me the heartbreak. Damn, kid. you know <laughs> she did that, dude. That's how Ronda Shear got free coke back in the day. Oh, dude, I would have done anything to hang out with Ronda Shear back in the day, Steve. That's eight-year-old Matt. That was his juice right there, Steve. We still got a shot. She liked one of our Instagram posts. Ronda, oh, God bless you. God bless USA up all night. Shawn Michaels is a great performer, and, you know, he made this match uh, somewhat entertaining because it's Shawn Michaels. No slant to British Bulldog, but... The Undertaker Mankind match, it was not. It was it was like that was my favorite, like one on one match, the, the Taker Mankind man. And uh, you know, there there were some cool reversals. There were a lot of reversals of the power slam. Uh Shawn Michaels hopped out of that, sends him into the rope, and he tries to super kick him, but Davy Boy stops on the ropes. You know, they do that whole little thing. Yeah. And uh he does this high flying elbow. That would just put Randy Savage to shame. And I'm sorry, Randy. That motherfucker, he was on the ceiling when he hopped off that. Yeah, bro. dude. That's like a highlight. <laughs> that's one of those highlight shits where they make they make the logo out of the silhouette type things, you know? Signature. Man. And, and he connected on that motherfucker. Just wow. And uh HBK, man, still champ. Uh Owen and Bulldog double team up on HBK until Ahmed Johnson and his uh thirsty ass trunks come in for the save. And, and then <laughs> Vader comes in to beat up on Ahmed Johnson. He's about to give everybody the Vader splash. But finally, the ultimate warrior comes in for the ultimate save. Yeah, he was smoking some PCP backstage. <laughs> he comes out just juiced up. And then they get into a pose-off, which you know, that's what that's how you end it. That's how you put the exclamation point on the pay-per-view, Steve. Yeah, I mean, you're going to pale in comparison posing next to Warrior any and every time. I'm sorry. And, and you're a big motherfucker, Ahmed Johnson, but I mean, talking about Ultimate Warrior. He wasn't the eye warrior. He wasn't the mediocre, lukewarm warrior. What the fuck are we talking about? The Ultimate Well, I didn't notice the little Aztec little inlays got on the collar there of that fucking dust. Dude, how much do you think these people like? Did they get to keep these things? Does Ultimate Warrior have all these dusters? Does Jimmy Howard have all the outfits? He paid for them. Please, we got to figure this out, Steve. I've mentioned this before, but we need to have a museum of these outfits. Nothing else, just these insane dusters. Maybe it's just a store where you can buy them because some pimp somewhere wants to wear Jimmy Hart's outfits. You You can't tell me I'm not right about that. Uh, I mean, you, you know Bishop Don Juan, man. Some of his shit looks very Jimmy Hart. 
I mean, they definitely shopped in the same circles. They they crossed paths. You know, Jimmy Hart and Bishop Don Magic One, like, just were like, yo, what's up, man? Pippin is Pippin, baby. Video Game Outlet, the new video game store you've been waiting for, is now open. And we have the used video games you want the most at a fraction of their original price. You can play more because you'll pay less. Plus, we'll pay you top prices or offer reasonable trades for the games you no longer want. You'll also appreciate our fair return policies and helpful advice from people who know video games. So if you're into video games, get into the Video Game Outlet today and get more video fun for your money. In 1997, Betty Shabazz, American educator and activist, born in 1936 and wife, widow of Malcolm X, dies. Uh, she was a, uh, she, she, well, her and Malcolm, Malcolm X, they left Nation of Islam in 1964. Uh, she witnessed his assassination that following year and um, left with the responsibility of raising six daughters as a widow. She pursued higher education and went to work at uh, Medgar Evers College in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, sad story how her, her life ended, man. Um, she took in her 10-year-old grandson, Malcolm, after her daughter was arrested for allegedly conspiring to murder Louis Farrakhan. Uh, because, you know, it, it's been widely said and rumored that Louis Farrakhan was behind the assassination of Malcolm X. So uh, one of their daughters, Kubila, uh, she was arrested for conspiring to murder Louis Farrakhan. So uh, Betty Shabazz took her grandson, uh, under her care, and in 1997, the son, the grandson, who's 12 years old at this point, set fire to her apartment, and Shabazz suffered severe burns and died three weeks later as a result of her injuries. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, the grandson was arrested and uh, for manslaughter and arson, and he had to spend 18 months in juvie, man. Uh, so yeah, dude, that's, it's unfortunate, and uh, you know she. Just like me, man. My grandmother took me in, into her guardianship, man. And I, I just couldn't help. I, I couldn't imagine, man, and being 12 years old. Dude, I. I that shit's like a horror movie, dude. That's some fucking, like, that's insane. Yeah. So uh, RIP to Betty Shabazz, man. But uh, on <clears throat> that following year, uh, The Real World is airing their second episode of the Seattle series called Filling Out Each Other. Or no, <laughs> Filling Each Other Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Freudian slip, Steve. You wished. That's what. See, that's what we get used to with real world. At some point, it became a bad girls club situation where it was alcohol, like a nice house, and a lot of like blurred out sexual images and like parties and stuff. Seattle. That's not the right pictures, dude. <laughs> It's totally not them. Why did you give me that, Google? I didn't ask for that. We're just going to keep it on Stone Cold and Doc Henry. <clears throat> but uh, I remember watching this. This was actually like sort of, uh, for some reason, I w watched this season of the show. Um, I think this is most notable because of uh, one of the cast, Steven. I think we actually talked about this already. But um, there's another castmate named Irene um, who basically indicates uh, on camera that he's homosexual before leaving the house steven slaps her and that was really everybody remembers that but um i forgot there was like a bostonian like 
uh, bad boy dude that was like Goodwill Hunting real life. David, the show, yeah. David, the very uh, eloquent, fucking uh, woke <laughs> Boston bro. Yeah, the most woke of Bostonians that you could ever find. Not but in Gilbert. Some hotties in this one. This, that's why I remember this. I think I was into the Asian chick in this. Me jam. too. She is sexy. She remember. I don't want to say it. She reminds me of somebody who went to high school with. Um, oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. But I mean, our only reference point of high school. Yeah, but anyway. But, but all of them are hot. And also something that this season did cover that was really fucked up, I remember, was... I think her name's... Uh, it's the one with the curly hair. Lindsay. Um, Lindsay. Uh, I think she had her brother commit suicide during the season and she finds out and they have to like sort of cover that. So that's something that happened on this beyond the dude slapping that chick. Wow, um, that part I didn't remember. Yeah, it was fucked up. But the only thing I, I mean, we can go through this. Uh, to me, this was boring. This was a very boring episode. It is one of the first episodes of the season and everybody is sort of getting to know each other. Um the things I noted were was the insanity and amazing house that they gave these kids. It was a whole fucking pier in Seattle, Steve. And I mean, I, I will say this serves as character development uh, somewhat because you can see the the sensitivities of Steven. Um, you know, he's <laughs> that very... sounds like a book, Steve. The sensitivities of Steven. You it's do be see my autobiography. It. Just you wait and watch. <laughs> And, uh, you know, like, really, like, we're, we're going to get to that, too, man. But like I said, I, I really feel like it's somewhat of a character development because we're seeing the, the different relationships that are that are starting here in um, in Seattle. And we see the two girls geeking out over some Seattle brew. I believe that's Lindsay and uh, not Janet. Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. And then Nathan, we're seeing he has issues with his girlfriend, Stephanie, who's off to college. And uh, let's just be frank. Uh, Stephanie comes across as a very bratty bitch. Yeah, she's fucking pissed that he's having a good time, basically. So she's like, either you need to come back here or you need to I'm going to quit school and come hang out with you. And she's just basically trying to make his time away miserable, keeping him on the phone constantly fucking saying depressing things to him and he's just sitting there while he's in a mansion in seattle hanging out on camera he's just he's on the phone steve he's just hanging out at the desk and this bitch is over here making ultimatums and shit talking about either i have to drop out of school or i have to break out with you bitch so if you drop out of school you're gonna hold that shit over my head for the rest of our life or as long as i'm gonna be with your crazy ass bitch stay in school bye <laughs> like Nathan, the Bostonian, um, I mean, he's really like a Dr. Phil, honestly. He, he's like sort of knows everything. He's very sage-like, Steve. And he even says to this dude, he's like, dude, she's doing you dirty, bro. Like, you should be here enjoying this. Look where we're at. We're in Seattle. We can go see Frasier anytime we want. We can go get a fucking cup of Joe at Cafe Nervosa. We're living in a mansion that occupies the whole space of a pier, Steve. It's you a pier. A Bruce Lee statue. No. We got a Steven we got a jacuzzi with a garage door. We can just fucking and they use that quite a bit. So he's like, get your shit together. Let's bro up. We're going out to the bars. We're doing Straight this. Up. 
And I think the Asian girl kind of likes you, bro. Just just me, though. I don't know. You, you didn't hear that from me. Yeah, dude. And Janet is sexy. But this is like very low key. Everyone's just sort of nice. Even Steven, who is sensitive, like he goes out with Rebecca. They go out to see like the sights in Seattle and they have a great time. So he's not like immediately set up like that, but then they go out. They're getting fucking sexy. Fucking, they're going out like Dave, like David's gonna get laid. You know, like it's a foregone conclusion at this point. It's like a, a young Andy Garcia. He's Goodwill Hunting. He's literally the movie Goodwill Hunting brought to life. He's he just has a dark hair haircut. So, um, they go out there. Everybody gets ready. They, you know, they get to the bars. They go out to a couple of bars. Nathan, David, they're they're meeting some they're meeting some ladies. They're having some fun, and all of a sudden, yeah, they're looking great. I mean, pop collar too. They might, you know, a nice button up. They're looking. This is a different style. That's one thing to note. When I show this, look at the style of these guys. They're going out. They look like they're going to a temp job. This is my style, actually, Steve. This is like what I adhere to, and I I see now. That's why I'm wearing a shirt with some patterns on it. Cause I yeah, can't, I can't look like back. I'm going to a temp job anymore. I'm going, I'm going golfing now. That's my new fucking, I'm going to Margaritaville. Okay. It looks like showcase cinema carpet. I like <sighs> it. Thank you. It is. I actually ripped some of it up and uh, that's what I'm wearing right now. It's itchy, but I think it looks great. I miss so. showcase cinema. But, um, so they go out. Nathan David, we see him hanging out. And honestly, like they're not even really trying to hook up with the chicks they're living with. They're just hooking up with some chicks like at a bar. And That's game. Uh, yeah, dude, they're just they're like, David's like, you know, two plus three, you know, whatever. I'm fucking Boston, you know? And they- you No, know, I'm from humble beginnings, you know? I worked <laughs> at a car wash. My dad worked at a car wash, you know? We'd give the money to Ma every payday, you know? And she would make meals for us. She would make she would make something out of it, you know? We didn't make a lot, you know? But that made us stronger, made us tougher. So they're about to get laid, but Steve and Steve, um, they're not able to get into one of the bars and Steven, he, uh, he takes it personally and he tries to just let it go. Rebecca's like, you know what? I want to go home anyway. And Steven's like, yeah, but hold on. Give me one more shot. I'm going to see if I can talk to this bouncer again. And I'm sure he said something probably not great to the bouncer. Cause he has like a really, a, an energy, like a bitchy energy, Steve. I feel like He's sassy. Exactly. I feel like maybe that's what happened, but whatever, whatever, uh, he's not allowed into the bar. And eventually he just sort of eats it. And you can tell like he's some one of these people that, that he can't really let something like that go. But he just leaves with Rebecca. They go home, but he's harboring sort of this bitchy resentment that yeah, Dave and fucking the other Nathan, they should have came with me. He even like yells into the bar like, uh, we're going. It's like, See okay. You at the crib. <laughs> All right, bro. Very so, bitchy. So he goes home and he's in a tizzy, Steve. He's got to type in his diary now about his feelings. And um, so that happens. And also another side, like side, uh, something that happened that I thought was just hilarious is that at some point somebody has a diary. And in this diary, they write, I wish there wasn't so many, like so, like something to the extent of, I wish it wasn't a bunch of yuppie, entitled 
people in like, this cast. Like upper class white people. Yeah. <clears throat> and Nathan, the guy who's having the problem with his girlfriend at home, is like, oh, it's Steven, because he's black. Because he's the black guy. So of course he would have something to say about all these white people he's living with. And but he goes, no. he, he doesn't say that immediately. He just say he thinks it, right? Right. Yeah, but yeah. then he's like saying something to David, like, yo, man, I found this fucking, that black dude wrote this bitch ass fucking uh, thing in his journal about yuppie white. It's fucked up. And uh, Dave or Nathan is like, Nate, dog. Yeah. I fucking wrote that, brah. That was me. Didn't you notice the perfect cursive I wrote it in? The calligraphy? Yeah. Yeah, what about the common folk, man? Like people who work at car washes. What about the people who work at car washes? The bag boys. Why don't we have some bag boys from Publix? What about the people making the scallops and the fucking clam chowders at the fucking docks? Over in Southie. What about the people in Southie making the scallops? Oh, he's deep though, Steve. This guy got this guy. You know who this guy reminds me of, Steve? Majid. Yep. Damn, dude. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious, dude. Shaman. The exact the the um the the ill the just like perfectly fitting sweater with the turtleneck. The just the quiet stares. The the intense, Yeah, dude. All that. Majid, I know you're out there somewhere, you son of a bitch. There's an acoustic guitar hanging in that bedroom, waiting to get panties moist. Hey, what's up, ladies? <laughs> that kind of energy. <laughs> For sure, bro. For sure. Hey, what's up? Oh, the guitar? I do a little something, something. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. You knew exactly what I was thinking of, because... That's who this is, Steve, but he's deep. He's the kind of deep that writes in a journal and then not only writes in the journal, but rips it out and just leaves it folded up mysteriously on a counter someplace just so people think about it, you know? Like he's the Riddler or some shit. He just, know, wants to, I, he just wants to start a conversation, you know? Because that's how I deep he is. supposed to be the Riddler. <laughs> but they picked James Carey. I can't blame him. He was good in Ace Ventura. But I could have been the good Riddler, too. Uh, now, Nathan, he creeps into the girl's room. And by the way, he looks like he could be in a boy band. Where's Lou Poilman when you need him? Uh, the girls invited David and Nathan back to their crib, we find out. And they pull a George Costanza. They do some opposite day shit. You know, when a bitch invites you back to their crib, and it's, it's two on two. I like that ratio. Like, <laughs> yeah, My guy, he's got a girlfriend. And Can't man, do you it. know. I can't do it. I'm a team player. We'll holler at you, toots. Give me we the digits, know. you know, but I we got to go have some uh, scholars. Some scholars and uh, clan chowder <laughs> and watch Cheers reruns. <laughs> I don't know this if we're doing a good Bostonian accent. I think I can only say scallops and wicked, chowder. Wicked sweet. <laughs> wicked smart. Noma. Remember Noma? But they go back to the crib. They're like, you know what? You know, instead of going back to your place and just fucking off camera, why don't we go back to our place and fuck on camera? And these ladies are just not having it. So they they lose out on that. But you know what the thing of it is, Steve? Both these dudes, they're just sex. They're sex machines in this house. All these chicks want to bang, except Irene. 
she's nowhere to be. I don't even know where she's at in this episode. Oh, she was there for like two seconds. She was, I saw her twice for like two seconds each because she's rather homely. She's pretty frumpy. And like, <laughs> she's knitting in her corner someplace and reading, having some tea. She's and, reading uh, and quilting. But now that everybody comes home, Steven, he just, mm, he took those, he took a couple of real rapid fire L's, at least in his head. And he just is not ready to let that go. So he tells Nathan, he's like, Hey man, you, why'd you guys not go with us? And Nathan does exactly what you said before. He's like, uh, we were, what are you talking about? bro? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> bro, I, I, I looked you in your eyes, man. And, and <laughs> you said like, it was okay. I asked if like, like you might like, man, and we got some ice situation set up here, man. And we got a good thing going here, man. What are you doing? Like, we got to go get some scallops. We got, <laughs> we're taking these girls out for some oysters and some scallops. And if that's how you felt, man, if that's how you took it, then I apologize. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I mean, Stephen even just sort of, I don't know. He just can't, he can't let it go, Steve. He's just kind of being a bitch, you know, yeah. really. This doesn't. This sets him up to sort of be a villain in this season. I think we see it now that we know what happens. I think they that, they that figured this energy. out. You know exactly. Yeah. He's pissed a lot. I mean, he gets pissed off. Like it's, it's like okay, you fucking got you got um you didn't get let into a bar. That's kind of fucked up. We've been there. We went to some places in L.A. where that kept happening, and I remember that happening. And it's annoying. But then you go. You know what? Let's go smoke a blunt. Now we have an opportunity to smoke a blunt. Yeah. So let's go pursue that opportunity instead. Don't just sit there and go, why didn't you come home with me? We're bros. You guys get pussy. We met pussy too. Well, dude, if you stop acting like one, maybe they can pick up on that energy. No. You we were gonna go someplace else. And you said, you said you said we were all going out together. It's like, god damn, dude. Okay. And hated it. Yeah. And like, dude, I don't think Steven smokes. Not that Steven. I don't think he smokes. And like, that's to his detriment because that would probably save his mood, his energy, and the way he's looked at throughout the series, man. Uh, because even when the guys get home, Nathan and David, uh, Lindsay and Janet, they they come in. They, they come in and hop on David's bed. They hop on Nathan's bed. And then they show Steven in his bed. Like Chad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chad. But he's yeah, trying to like yeah. he's trying not to look butthurt about it. I'm just uh, I'm just a token black. Oh, that's you guys are having fun, right? That's what <laughs> you guys are silly. <laughs> Somebody touch on it, please. Somebody why can't they touch on it? It hurts. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, this is where we're at. This is real world Seattle, Steve. Living in a mansion, everyone's gonna fuck in that jacuzzi. That jacuzzi's gonna be egg drop soup by the end of the season. It's gonna be just a petri dish of just jellies <laughs> and smellies, dude. And it's gonna be gross. But I remember liking this season. I was still into this show at this point. It hadn't become the insanity. It, it became even like a couple years after this. These kids were still not just like Instagram hoes and like models just getting drunk in a house or doing like combat sports against each other. Yeah, I didn't you care know? for that, that shit. But like, uh, I think I dropped off the following year. So this was 98, 99 was Hawaii. That was that, with Tech, tech yep. and Ruthie. 
and uh, shit got really crazy. That bitch <laughs> died like two or three times. And uh, I don't remember what after what was after that, man. Um, no, that's when I clocked out. Tech Money, the alcoholic yeah. Hawaiian chick. Um, there was a chick on there. I remember thinking it was so hot. Now I just, I mean, I don't have a memory for it, but I gotta I, say, I my my personal favorite here, Janet. Janet, you have been crowned the queen of real world Seattle. You are gorgeous. Yeah, she is. I wonder what she looks like now. She's probably a model or something, dude. She's, I mean, I would hope so. Maybe she's like a, she's probably like a physicist or something. I really see something great for Janet. Is it because she's Asian? No, it's just, she had an energy. She seemed like super, uh, like low. She wasn't like cocky about it, but I feel like she was the smartest person there. Cause she wasn't really do other than getting in a bikini and getting a hand massage from a dude on camera she really seemed to be a pretty normal person like a lot of these people it's like that blonde chick rebecca she just seems like somebody that uh we went to perrysburg high school <laughs> you know like rebecca lord she didn't seem like somebody that was going to be like on a television show all these but people. you know you know what she did do and during this season she recorded a song with sir mix a lot that what? rebecca rebecca lord yeah Rebecca Lord, she was an aspiring singer, and she's not too far from your uh, neck of the woods, man. She's from Charlottesville, Virginia. That's where my doctor's at. I'll go. Well, let's go get an interview, Steve. I'll fly you up. We'll go talk to Becca. See what's up. What's the real tea about real world Seattle? And uh, good old Nathan Blackburn. He's from Chesterfield, Virginia. I feel like Nathan's a, a rough hang, Steve. I feel like there's going to be a lot of things said that you just don't want to be a part of, you know? You just want to get away from him. But Nathan, Nathan, I want to hang out with. I want to see what's going on with that guy. That guy's got some David? stories. David, the Bostonian? Yeah, David. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think we kept fucking the name up, but the Bostonian guy. Yeah, I did. But that guy, that guy, I'd like to hang out with him. He's cool. He's cool. He's wicked sweet. He's wicked. He's wicked smart, Steve. He's having a couple uh, of scallops, and he, I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. It's him addictive, saying. isn't it? It's awesome. I wish I could do it and not laugh, but you know, I'm not an actor, so what can I say? All of these athletes are pussies. They're, they're no Larry Bird. They're no Larry Bird. They're no Kevin McHale. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's Black wrong. Bostonian. I don't know. I want to know how they sound. I guess listen to some more uh, uh, Gangstar. But uh, any callbacks, honorable mentions, or blood in your stool? Well, I mean, I guess uh, my honorable mention goes to Jerry the King Lawler for being maybe one of the greatest <laughs> crowd work slash rove sessions of all time. Death Comedy it's... Jam would blush, <laughs> dude. I mean, he roasted a kid. He wrote, he, I think he said something like, are you that ugly or did your neck swallow your face or <laughs> some shit? Yeah, I don't, did it didn't make sense. Up. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But shout out to Jerry the King, man. Is he alive? He, he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. He's still alive. His son isn't, but uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for that tragedy, but Jerry the King, I mean, get on a roast, get on a fucking roast immediately. <laughs> oh dude, he has a roast. Like he, well, it's not his roast. It's the uh, the guy that does all the wrestling podcasts, Conrad. Uh, he he is uh, 
it's it was like Jerry Lawler, a bunch of like wrestling personalities and comedians. But uh, Conrad, I can't remember his last name, but yeah. I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. What about you, Steve? Uh, man, well, in 1999, the Nanny series uh, finale is held. Uh, they had a double parter, a two parter, uh, Maggie's wedding and the baby shower. But who cares? It was the nanny. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> Fran Drescher's hot. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, man, what is the birth of the Attitude Era? Do you feel like this is it? Or was it the uh, Scott Hall making his appearance? Or was it the Hogan leg drop on Macho Man? And um, what I mean, what do you mean? Because, I mean, when we say Attitude Era, is it just WWF? Or like, I thought it was like everything from that era of wrestling. I mean, if we're if you're including that in the same conversation, then to me, it's when the Outsiders crashed, and Nitro. Uh, yeah, when they crashed Nitro. Like to me, that and I guess when Hogan turned was probably more that. But I, I just remember that episode when they came out. I was like, "Holy!" F like you actually, yeah. to, honestly, I was a dumb kid, so for whatever whatever's worth. But I was like, "This is real." Like these guys literally are not supposed to be here and they just fucked up Eric Bischoff. Like what the fuck's going on right now? For real, man. Well, I mean, internet wasn't <clears throat> like it is now, but uh, yeah, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Tell us where your sister stays. <laughs> please listen to Over the Culture. Yeah, I mean, hey, man. <laughs> just in case. Okay, in you're case, right, I'm, you're I'm, right. I'm short on the roster. Uh, you know, please listen to Over the Culture and B3F Podcast Crushgasm on Wednesday. And don't worry, be movie with Amanda and Wade. This is Steve G and Mad G with Happen in the 90s. Bitch.